It's time for the Give Me Zone on the ref. 11. Now this is a 12, guys. Now he's got to start worrying about qualifying for next year's Open and the Masters here. He's lost this tournament. He'll end up selling Countess Maritimes and renting golf carts the rest of his life. We're talking PGA, college, high school, local courses, and the latest golf news. I bet you slice into the woods a hundred bucks. Gambling is illegal at Bushwood, sir, and I never slice. Yeah. Okay, you can owe me. And now it's time for two tremendous slouches. Well, we're waiting. Brian Vineyard and Josh Elmer. Ah, yes. Good morning, everybody. Welcome in. It is the Gimme Zone here with you on a Saturday. Tour Championship Moving Day edition of the Gimme Zone. And uh, speaking of somebody on the move, uh, yeah, I would uh, characterize our man, uh, Mr. Colin Morikawa, as uh, someone on the move. There's a bunch to dive into, of course, in the, the world of golf. Tour Championship itself, Morikawa. What does his play mean? Who's going to win this Tour Championship, right? We've got that uh, to dissect this morning. And uh, Victor Hovland last week just goes nuts in the, the final round of the, the BMW Championship. Captain's picks, we've got those to get finalized. U.S. side, European side, obviously. The uh, top six, they're locked in for both the, the U.S. and the European sides for the Ryder Cup. And uh, that creates some spicy storylines. Perhaps the, uh, the fact that Brooks Kepka is on the outside of those top six. We discussed it a little bit last week. And uh, now everybody kind of in the world of golf is, is getting asked that question. Should Brooks be on the team? Should he not be on the team? So I'll just tee it up and say good morning. Josh Homer alongside Brian Vineyard. Brian, uh, which direction would you like to take this thing to start? Josh, good morning. Um, let's start off with a little non-golf business. Hello? Hello? Are, are we still on the air? Is <laughs> yes. this possible? I thought we were going out of business. According to some, uh, that was the case. Yeah, there's some clowns in the market that really thought we were going out of business. It is amazing. And our hosts are leaving, right? No, wait, you're still here. Still here. Plank's still here. Toby's still here. The only guy gone is Parker. And guess what it's for? It's a honeymoon. Honeymoon. Wow, amazing. The, I am uh, so shocked. You know, it, friendly competition amongst businesses is is one thing. But the levels to which some have stooped over the last couple of weeks is amazing to me. You know, calling our clients, saying, you know, outright lies, not even exaggerations. And, oh, by the way, just for a little reference point, pulled the numbers this morning. Um, by far the highest week ever on our app. Over... 185,000 people this week, Monday through Friday, on our app. I love it. How's that? How's that for going out of business? Oh, and secondly, not one client has left, and we added 10 new clients this week. So, the old Mark Twain quote, are you familiar with it? Something along the lines of, uh, the rumors of my demise are greatly exaggerated i am familiar <laughs> i am familiar with the line yeah it, the uh the billboard that, that you guys put together is 
pretty awesome. And I mean, look, we've just, for the most part, tried to take the, the higher ground here and the, you know, I don't know, I guess polite approach. But, uh, hey, the gloves are off to a certain degree, right? I mean, other people in the market have made it that way. Hey, you know what we do? We sell what we have to offer, right? We've got the best lineup in the market, bar none, and that's what we sell. That's right. I love it. And, you know, speaking of, I want to, you know, I had the pleasure of playing in um, the golf tournament that was the fundraiser, NIL fundraiser for the basketball program at OU yesterday. We got to play with one of our great sponsors, John Whitson, Brown O'Haver, quite a golfer, played with Mark Van Hoos, you know, which everybody knows is a stick, you know, the guy played, you know, <laughs> Division One college golf. Oh, and Taylor Gooch Foundation Director Kelsey Klein. So I've got some some good info to share on those Ryder Cup picks with you based on somebody that's pretty much on the inside. Interesting. Well, do you just want to start right there? Yeah, and guess what? Who We've got a guest coming up at 8.30 today, too. We do. Uh, Ryan new, Rayner. New assistant coach at University of Oklahoma. Yeah, and I'm so happy for him, man. He, uh, you know, obviously ha- has earned it and was great at the University of Kansas. And then uh, what he did at Norman North. First state championship. First state championship. And he and Coach Grost, I would say, collectively, you know, individually at Norman North, what Coach Rayner did was amazing, and they won a state championship, and it's the, the first state title. But then what uh, he and Coach Gross did, I, again, together for back Norman. To, back to back, right? To follow it up. High goes and wins a state championship this past year. It's amazing what those two have done for the city of Norman and golf. And so – He's a great leader, obviously. So and both be... teams are loaded again this year, by the way. Le- I've already talked to both coaches. They are loaded. Leaves it in a great spot, which is uh, fantastic from that standpoint. So, yeah, it, it'll be uh, it'll be awesome to get to talk to uh, Coach Rayner. I'm, I'm really happy for him. This will be a great opportunity. And, again, the track record at Norman North, I just think, obvious, no-brainer, terrific addition to the staff for Coach Hibble. Yeah, you know, it's uh... – you know, to have a guy that's had that college playing experience and, you know, add that to an already, uh, you know, just loaded staff that's done a phenomenal job of recruiting and taking, you know, golf at University of Oklahoma to the highest of highs. You know, Coach Hibble, he is the man, right? He is. Yeah, he's. And, and, and you know, Coach, you know, Coach Rayner has been a great friend of, of ours and the show and, and an avid listener. And so we really appreciate his time later today. Yeah, that's going to be fun. That'll be coming up bottom half of this hour, correct? That is correct. Okay. Just wanted to make sure that uh, I wasn't one hour ahead of schedule. <laughs> Don't want to call Coach uh, too soon. Well, uh, the Ryder Cup captain's picks, those will be, you know, in some ways for many in the golf world, larger than how the Tour Championship shakes out this week. And, of course, uh, one of the big storylines is will Brooks Kepka be on this team or not? Scotty Scheffler was, well, he was asked just that. And his response, well, I, I think we might have the question in here too. It sounded like this, this sequence, with Scotty Scheffler on, hey, is Brooks Kepka going to be a part of this team now that he's not one of the guaranteed top six? Scotty, Zach has made it clear that the automatic qualifiers for the Ryder Cup would have a say in who the captain's picks would be. There's been a lot of talk about Brooks, who slipped to seven. What are your thoughts about him being a pick and being on that team? Brooks? Yeah. Um, I mean, I looked at the points list the other night. He was about 300, or is it, I think it was he was 30 points shy, which is, I think it was the equivalent of like $30,000 throughout the year. 
Um, so 29. 29. Yeah. So if he played one tournament on tour, I think he probably would have been on the team. And then a little little shrug afterwards. Well, I think that's Scotty hedging his bet, maybe putting a little pressure on Zach, right? Sure, sure. It wasn't. Uh, it wasn't outright. Yeah, he should be on the team. It was almost very it, PC, wasn't it? Yeah, and it was almost. Well, he kind of made his choice, right? I mean, I, I do think it's more of the vein. It, when I saw some of the headlines this week, I thought it was going to be slam dunk. Scotty Scheffler came out and said. Oh, it's ridiculous if he's not on the team. That's not what Scotty Scheffler said, and yet a lot of the headlines out there sort of painted the picture as though Scotty Scheffler had had taken that approach. But you're right. It was it was pretty in the middle. Yeah, I, I mean, I think you could interpret his comments either way, if you, depending on how you want to skew it, right? And so my thought is that this is going to say a lot about how things go forward with the PGA Tour and PIF. Because, you know, in talking, you know, yesterday with Kelsey, the PGA Tour has no choice. They have to make this work. And so we heard all along about these talking heads, oh, well, the PGA Tour guys and, and, their, and their leadership is going to be the ones driving the bus. But haven't we said before on this very show, Josh, that he who has the gold makes the rules? <laughs> yes. And you and noticeably quiet in all of this has been the people from the PIF, right? Because they don't need to do their dealings in the media. Yeah, they and, don't have any public posturing to try and work. Yeah. So, you know, one of the things PJ Tour did is they tried at the, the event at Quell Hollow, they tried to asked the sponsor for $8 million more million for the same sponsorship, and uh, they got the go-fly-a-kite answer. <laughs> yeah. So the sponsors are now, you know, are not have said they're not going to bail them out, basically. So they've got to get a deal done, and I personally cannot see how they get an amicable deal done if they snub all the live guys, especially Brooks Kepka. Because keep in mind, Josh, this is the he is the PGA champion, right? The Ryder Cup is the PGA's biggest event. Not PGA Tour, PGA of America. It so how can you snub your champion? And John Whitson made a great comment yesterday. I hadn't even thought about it in this vein. You know, he said, arguably, since two thousand. Brooks Kepka is a top three golfer. Outside of Tiger Woods, I mean, Phil Mickelson. Yeah, you, you got to go Tiger Phil, right? And we, so we started debating some of these other golfers that might be that, that, you know, you throw in VJ Singh, who had a great run. but you Didn't go, get the majors. Didn't get the majors. And that, in golf, has always been how we've measured somebody. Sure. Right? The greats of the great win championships. They win the majors. They don't win, you know, the Genesis Open or whatever, right? And those are great. You'd love to stack those up as much as you can, oh, too. Those, those fill your uh, bank account, right? Well, and, you know, it's a nice little can, you know, for Tiger Woods. I'm here with Sam Snead and, and on and on and on. And here's where Mickelson is on the all-time PGA Tour wins list. And, and, and it's great, but you're always going to be defined and discussed by how many majors did you win. Absolutely. And that's where, you know, everybody – 
you look back, what, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, you could have polled 100 people, and I bet you 99 of them would have told you that Tiger Woods was going to surpass Jack Nicholas with ease, right? Early on, yeah. I mean, mid-2000s, sure. Yeah. Didn't happen. Now, part of that's his own doing, part of it's injury. You know, part of those injuries were brought on by his behaviors. I mean. Part of it was, you know, golf collectively, maybe the, the tide rising a little bit. Well, that too. I mean, we've talked about the depth of the talent is unbelievable. But a combination of factors. You know, and look at the depth of golf and, you know, people from and, and from Oklahoma. Like Taylor Moore, who was, you know, a guest on this show earlier this year. He's in the Tour Championship. You're in the top 30. Yeah, that's amazing. How great's that? Oh, uh, it's it, it's terrific. I mean, does that not show you the depth of the talent in this state? And then, you know, you couple that with all of the great champions we've had, you know, from Bob Tway on, you know, come through this state. And and you mentioned it earlier. What Victor Hovland did on Sunday last week, unbelievable. Course record 61 with Scheffler gunning for him. I mean, what a performance. It uh, had the broadcast booth saying that it was the best performance this season, singular round. You know, th- when they first said it, I was like, oh, I don't know about that. Hyperbole, caught in the moment. But as I've had time to think about it. It, it was an unreal round, and especially that back far- nine. Yeah, I don't think it's far-fetched at all. I mean, he was pounding it out there about 3.30 or more off the tee, right down the middle every time, and just stuffing iron shots inside 10 feet. And you notice every putt was right in the middle. There were no lip-ins. They were all right in the middle. Pure. And that all said, Scotty Scheffler couldn't make a putt to save his life and still almost won. I know. It's like the story of his season. I mean, it just shows you how great his ball striking is. You know, and he got a a big head start this week because of the way the format is. But right there again. And – I think the thing that after we hit our first break, we ought to discuss a little bit is everybody's talking about what a great leaderboard it is. Well, guess what the factor is? It's a small field. Everybody made the cut, right? Yeah, everybody's here. <laughs> there's no cut. So you, you combine a small field of 30, of course you're going to have a great leaderboard, right? You should. L- let's hope so. Yeah. And, and and then you've got, obviously uh, – you know, a couple of names that come into this thing right at the top that didn't go shoot the rounds that Morikawa shot, right? So that opens it up for this thing to uh, to be pretty entertaining. And I've got a great stat that we'll talk about when we get to Colin Morikawa, too. Great stat. I just I happened to stumble on it last night, and I was like, that's unbelievable for 36 holes. Yeah, he is. Uh, he's been on fire. I'll just say it now. Let's not even tease it. Okay. He's 15 under in two rounds, which we've talked about how hard it is to back up uh, one great round with another one, right? Mm-hmm. And then, of course, you know, Victor Hovland made us look stupid last weekend when he did it. <laughs> right, he decided. <laughs> right after we talked about it. But, buck that trend. But, but several of the tour players came out and said that that was what was so amazing about Hovland's run last weekend, right? Well, Colin Morikawa, 15 under. He shoots 900 of day one, 600 day two, no bogeys, 13 birdies and an eagle. On that golf course, and you've seen how gnarly that that Bermuda rough is, and that's the type of rough that we have here in Oklahoma, and when it's lush and thick, it's a problem. It grabs your club, shuts it down. You even saw Rory shank one out of it 
on day one. Just Which uh, cold, straight hosel rocket. We got to talk about him this morning too, because uh, now all of a sudden there's some health questions, and what does that mean for the here and now and into the future? And you know, honestly, that's Ryder Cup. Uh, that's a big factor potentially there as well. If uh, his back thing's a, a real problem, Morikawa, best two rounds ever at uh, East Lake, just past Tiger Woods in that regard. Well, that's pretty pretty uh, stealthy company right there, isn't it? Yeah, best start ever. That's <laughs> yeah. Well, think about it. He came from the lowest position you could, and he's in the lead. It's crazy. It's the since they went to this new, however you want to define it, strokes stroke start format. If let's call it that, right? It's the first time. Well, the second time. Just just the second time that uh, whoever came into this week as your leader wasn't at least a co-leader going into moving day. The other time was 2019 with Justin Thomas, where we didn't start today with your Schefflers of the world uh, right there co-leading or leading this thing outright. So kind of crazy. How's Justin Thomas doing this weekend? (laughs) Well, uh, he's not making a case for the Ryder Cup, I can tell you that. He's having a couple of cold frescas on his porch, huh? Maybe getting around in with Tiger or something. He's got a friend, though, in Mr. Ogilvy, which uh, we can can discuss this morning as well. Yes. (laughs) The, uh, The format this week... Do we like it, love it, hate it? Let's discuss next. The uh, Tour Championship underway. Obviously, it's moving day out there at East Lake. It's the Gimme Zone. Josh Elmer alongside Brian Vineyard taking a T.O. Back with you right after this. Back with you. It's the Gimme Zone right here on The Ref. Josh Elmer alongside Brian Vineyard. We've got Coach Ryan Rayner right around the corner here on The Ref set to join us. New uh, Oklahoma men's golf assistant coach, of course. Played at Kansas and uh, here recently the head coach, of Norman North led the Timberwolves to their first ever state championship, uh, not this past season, but the year before. So that'll be fun to catch up with Coach and just get his thoughts on on joining the uh, the Sooners coaching staff. Before we do that, just uh, the Tour Championship, the strokes start format, we'll call it, right, where you come in, you're leading the FedEx Cup as you arrive to the PGA or the Tour Championship. You arrive and uh, you're 10 under par, right? Next man down, 8 under par, so on and so forth. Do, do you like the format? I mean, it's created a week like this. It, it looks pretty brilliant, right? John Rahm loves the format. <laughs> He's Indeed. got some dicey comments about it. No, I actually don't because my thought is I, a, a lot of what John Rahm said I agree with is you've played all year to get to that top 30. Why should somebody start ahead of anyone else? It should be, you know, we, we've all had to earn our stripes to get there in that top 30. It, we just go out and play like a, a normal tournament. And whoever wins is the tour champion. Whoever wins is a tour champion. You know, and, I, and I think I agree with that. I, I do. I mean, do you, and I guess the other question I'd ask you, Josh, do you think the, the, oh, the significance of the tour championship is diminished a bit with these increased payouts in the uh, – the, yeah. the other events. The the designated events yes. have taken a little bit of the bite out of it, sure, because guess what? There's a lot of events to get paid more money. This big uh, FedEx chunk of change is still, you know, would be nice, right? Hey, I'd love him to share it with me, you know. Just give me a tenth, you know. I think we could get by, right? I'll take 30th, uh, yeah. the 30th year. Yeah, we could do all right with that. But uh, – yeah, in terms of the significance of the payout, 
just the elevated purses across the board probably, yes, has taken a little bit of the uh, bite away from it. But it's still, to be the tour champion, I think, is, you know, it's not the player's championship, right? Uh, there's probably another golf tournament or two maybe even you could argue is more important than to, to the guys on tour, right, than winning the tour championship. And yet, it's significant. You know, I'm not going to sit here. It's not a major championship. It's not the players to me. But uh, the, the monetary side and just the significance of saying, hey, I want a tour championship matters a little bit. Does it matter a lot of it? I don't know. Probably not. Well, I think a lot of it, in my opinion, is driven by they've got to keep you engaged on the PGA Tour after the last major, right? What can I do to keep you engaged in these events and keep the top players playing instead of checking out for the season, right? And so they created this. And when they moved the PGA you know, championship up in the year instead of having it in August – they had a they had a, a void to fill, and I and I think you know that forced them to move up the FedEx Cup and all of that, and so it, it does give them something to hang their hat on and and keep the top players engaged. Otherwise, they're probably not playing a lot right now. This format that we have in the Tour Championship, do you like this better than the previous format we had, where top five? So let me see the best way I can explain this. You'd come into the Tour Championship 1 through 30, and there were a list of scenarios for how you could be the Tour Champion that week. If you were 26 through 30, well, you needed to win the Tour Championship and have a whole lot of help from the other guys that were toward the top of the board. And Yeah, they'd have to collapse, right? You know, the guys. Sure. You know, I think this format is better, but as we discussed a few minutes ago, why not just come in and play winner take all, right? The most simplistic format you could have would be we start anew once you get to East Lake, right? Winner takes it all, and so be it. Yeah, make it like poker. Winner takes all. No, no money for anybody but the winner. How great would that be? Winner takes all. Oh, yeah. That, you think there'd be some grinding going on? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. that would be fun. The, the winner gets the whole bag of cash. That would be awesome. And God, But the only problem is Patrick Cantlay, it'd be seven-hour round with him. It's already five. He'd push it to seven if he had that much money riding on it. You could almost have a, you know, in hockey, there's the president's uh, trophy, right, which is you had the, the best record and most points throughout the, the regular season. And it's it's to some degree, it's uh, prestigious to win that. Obviously, you want to go win the Stanley Cup. That's always going to be the most important. But you could almost have a president's trophy for before you get to East Lake, right? It's hey, here's who sorta of was the regular season and playoffs champion. This is who played the best throughout the course of the year, and that would have been what? Scheffler this season in golf. And then you got your tour champion. You got thirty that get in, and whoever goes and wins the tour championship, guess what? Th- that's who won it that week. Yeah. To me it's just it should just be another tournament. Um I and I and I do you know, you you've probably got John Rahm's comments or we can cue him up, you know, for, for next for another segment, but the reality is, I think he's got a point. You know, you do all this, and then you come in handicapped. You know, and, and I just don't like it. I mean, what type of lead would uh, Morikawa have if everybody had started the same? Oh, he'd he'd be feeling great right now. Yeah, yeah. Instead, he's looking up, and he's tied on the board with uh, Hopland. And, oh, by the way, Scheffler, who didn't have a great first round at all. And uh, he, he's – Two shots behind, just yeah, based he, on the, the lead that he had coming in. Yeah, Scotty played better yesterday. You know, he got a few putts to drop, and he didn't he didn't hit it in the rough as much as he did in day one. Day one, he hit it in the rough a lot, and that it really caused some problems. But, 
you, you know, the sad part to me is you you threw the stat out earlier. It's the, it's the lowest two round total ever at Eastlake, right? And now he, definitely for the first two rounds. I mean, now I mean you can look down six or ten spots, and it's a real battle for who could still win this tournament because of the way it's handicapped start, right? And it does generate some some storylines on a year like this where Scheffler doesn't get off to a great start or Rom doesn't get off to a great start. But when those guys do, it's like the tournament could be really over by moving day for the most part. And I'm not crazy about the idea of that. I know that's not how it worked out right here, but uh, that part of it, I, I you know, yeah, you I was was never a big fan. You of. could have the weekend almost meaningless unless somebody came out and went 61, 61 or something because. You know, Scheffler shoots 65-65. The board looks way different, right? Sure it does. Sure yeah. it does. I mean, he's got a, a – got a four-stroke four lead. He's got a sizable lead with the best player, you know, and him being the best player in the world. We've got so much to get into from the Tour Championship, the format, and uh, Ryder Cup captain's picks, of course. But before we do any of that – Let's hear from one of our friends of the show. Great supporter of what we've been able to do right here on the Gimme Zone and at the Ref. Coach Ryan Rayner, who slides over from Norman North, his post as the head coach there, to uh, one of the, well, the assistant for the men's golf program with Coach Hibble at Oklahoma. And we're just curious, how's the transition going? And uh, it's, you know, we're pretty excited for Coach Rayner as well. But we'll take a timeout. Let's hear from Coach Rayner next right here. It's the Gimme Zone on the Ref. Pumped to be joined by one of the uh, one of the good guys in golf, one of the great supporters of uh, what we've done here at the Gimme Zone. We welcome new Oklahoma men's golf assistant coach, Mr. Ryan Rayner, to the show. Coach, uh, first off, good morning. Thank you for joining us, and congratulations. Just, uh, you know, thanks for being a friend of the show, but what, what are your thoughts uh, joining the Oklahoma Sooners as an assistant coach? And first of all, thank you for having me. And second, it's uh, quite a blessing, quite an opportunity, and feel very fortunate to uh, be able to join the staff with Coach Hibble and Coach Moore. Great guys and great squad, great program they've got going on here. Well, Ryan, first of all, thank you again. I mean, you know, your record speaks for itself. You're a very accomplished golfer in your own right, you know, at the University of Kansas. And, uh, you know, where you said Gary Woodland could never, ever beat you, which is an amazing feat. Ever. (laughs) I'm just giving you a hard time. But, um, (laughs) you know, you you lead Norman North to a state championship, you know, and I think their squad's still loaded. So tell me a little bit about how this came about and let let everybody know, you know, how all this came about and what, what type of responsibilities you'll have on the staff. Well, honestly, it came about uh, kind of when I got wind that Bill was leaving. I thought, you know, I someday maybe want to be able to work here uh, at OU with Hibble. So I thought I would reach out and see uh, what was going on. I knew the NCAA was going to get rid of the volunteer assistant position and be adding a third coach. And I reached out to Coach Hibble and said, you know, there's a chance I'd be interested and uh, just kind of want to go through the process. To be honest, I thought, you know, there's an outside chance it could be me, but I thought most likely it was just going to be a chance opportunity to get face-to-face and just have discussions. Um, you know, we went through the process and came in, had talks, and then kind of out of the blue, he and Coach Moore FaceTimed me and asked me if I was ready to get to work. So it was a pretty surreal moment uh, getting a FaceTime call from Coach Hill and Coach Moore. 
Well, let's let's revisit that moment. I mean, what were your emotions like? What was that moment like when you found out, hey, we want you on this staff? I I was happy, excited, and uh, there was also some feelings and emotions of, oh no, now I got to tell the Norman North guys that you know I won't be won't be there any longer. Formed some really good relationships, uh, especially with those seniors. Uh, you know, we kind of felt like we had unfinished business, um, finishing third last year at state, and. Unfortunately, seeing our crosstown rival take home the title, so we had some uh, goals we were set to accomplish this coming year. But uh, those guys understood that this is an opportunity that if you don't go now, it, it may not come open again for a very long time. So uh, they understood why I was doing it. Chance to work with, you know, arguably, I think you could say Coach Hibble is going to be a Hall of Fame uh, coach. I don't think there's any discussion about that. And then the wealth of knowledge and uh, kind of demeanor that Coach Moore brings along. It's just too good of an opportunity to learn from uh, two of the best in the game. Well, Ryan, you know, I think it's fantastic. You, you, you know, not only do you get an opportunity to be a coach at the college level, but to be able to do it in your hometown without having to uproot your family and move and, you know, uh, at a at a golf course that you love and play all the time. I mean, it, to me, it's it, it, it was like, you know, all – all the stars aligned for you, which, you know, I think is fantastic. And I, and I know you're going to do a great job. I mean, is, is recruiting going to be a big piece of what you do going forward as well? I'll be doing some recruiting. Um, a lot of what I'm going to be doing is when the new practice facility or practice center uh, gets built, I'm going to be kind of in charge uh, along with the new women's assistant Tanner George we're going to be kind of in charge of taking care of all the technology make sure everything's up to speed there so if guys come in want to work you know everything's ready to go they don't have to wait and load and do all that that's going to be our home base uh also another big function of what I'm going to be doing is uh, people that aren't really around college golf know how it works is you know five six guys go to a tournament and then you've got five to six guys that sit at home you know, with no one there to coach. So a lot of what I'm going to be doing is going to be here with the guys at home running qualifiers or practices and making sure that they have, uh, have op- not oversight, but someone here to help push and drive them and give them feedback when they need it. Well, uh, you know, and that's an important element, you know, uh, Ryan, is, you know, because injuries do happen in sports, even in golf. I mean, some, you know, some that aren't familiar with golf, injuries happen more frequently than we, we, we may want to admit. And, and having that, that those next guys ready to go if somebody gets injured or sick or whatever is, is, you know, really, really important, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. With this group from my first week here, um, this is going to be a highly, highly competitive team. These guys, these are all really good players. So those guys that may not make that first tournament in that six to six to eight, six to nine range, they're not going to be far off. So, you know, big goal uh, chore is going to be keeping them mentally engaged. These guys are pretty much all professionals, so they, they know how to handle business, but keeping them ready, uh, ready to go because, I mean, next next event, they, it, they may be the one that gets called up. So, uh making sure everyone stays locked in and doing what they need to be doing. Talking with Ryan Rayner, new Oklahoma men's golf assistant coach, of course, has been at Norman North 
Coach, what do you take from the experience leading the Timberwolves? Obviously, you know, incredible individual golfing career on your own merits, and then you, you get into coaching, and now obviously making the jump from high school to the collegiate ranks. What, what are a couple of items you take from Norman North to OU? The experience at North was nothing but just amazing. Uh, kind of getting the, that age where it's time to give back to the game, and this was an opportunity for me to do that. I mean, kind of happenstance for me to become the coach at North because Gorsney, you know, moved on. Uh, so that just kind of happened. It wasn't really something I was looking to do. I was still going to be a volunteer assistant uh, my, when I became the head coach. Uh, but these guys have just rewarded me probably more than they realize. Um, just being able to give back and see their growth and maturity and how they've grown and learned to appreciate the game, uh, you know, teach them about taking care of business on and off the course, doing the little things, taking care of the staff, uh, shaking hands, thanking people, whatever kind of stuff that we did a lot of. And it was fun to see them, you know, kind of embrace that and start to understand why we do those things. Yeah, and I'm sure, you know, Coach, with the uh, that group of seniors that you leave behind with Mac Moore and those guys, um, I, I know you'll be following their progress closely uh, as well. So what do you think's on tap for the guys at North, and, and is it your anticipation that Coach Cap and, uh, and uh, JR will JR. step in? Uh, that, that's the goal, is hopefully that the district will – will do that. I've urged them to do that because those two, myself, we're in lockstep, pretty much everything we did. So the handoff to them was seamless. Um, I've got big expectations for that group. Uh, I think Stu, Mac, and Dax are going to be, you know, the the driving force of how far they go this year. Uh, Those those guys, pardon me, those guys uh, are doing an incredible job. Uh, from what I saw before school started of, you know, leading by example and setting the tone, kind of having that unfinished business mindset. And a lot of the younger guys starting to buy in, especially a couple of the sophomore that were coming up, were really out there getting work in. I think kind of saw the disappointment and frustration of how we finished the year. So I think they're kind of taking that personal and kind of got a little bit of a vendetta mindset about them this year. Well, we were singing your praises earlier this morning, Coach, about not, not just yourself, but Coach Gross. I mean, what you, the, the two of you have done for the city of Norman and golf is amazing, and uh, we hope that Norman North will just stay elevated as you, you make this move on. Final question for me, Coach. You've told us a little bit about the, the two coaches, uh, you know, what Oklahoma has beyond you on the staff, but what about the players? What, what do you know? I know you know one of uh, the golfers over there pretty well, but uh, what do you know about what OU has in terms of uh, the golfers on roster right now? I, special group of guys. Uh, I would not be surprised to see a bunch of success out of this group. Every single one of these guys out here are not trying to say this word in a, in a bad way, but they're killers on the course. Um, They've all got that fire in them. You can see it in their eyes when they're out here competing. Uh, no one out here wants to lose, and they're giving it their best day in, day out. The intensity is at a, just a different level, and it's, it's really fun to, to be here. Sorry, I'm a little winded. I'm out here walking around right now. We're starting our qualifiers. So uh, they, uh, they're driven and motivated and uh, out here trying to be each other's brains in, but they're all supporting each other at the same time, celebrating each other's 
successes. So pretty cool to be a part of this group. Well, hey, Coach, thanks for coming on with us this morning. Uh, before we let you go, I've got one last thing for you, and I'm going to put you on the spot. Does Brooks Kepka get on the Ryder Cup team or not, in your opinion? I was looking at this at that this morning, and based on the points, I don't see how you can keep him off. Uh, I don't know if the whole live thing matters or not, but based on points and experience, it would be hard to say no to that. Uh, if I were captain, I would be... I would be taking him, and then I'd also look at keeping Fowler and JT around for locker room and experience and just the clutch factor. Okay, so you're you're going to put JT on. Okay, so you answered me another question. Love that. Who who would you put on? Well, I actually, and I'm going to throw you for a loop. We talked about this off the air right a minute ago. I'm putting Patrick Reed. That's that's a bold. I mean, bold he's statement. a killer in the Ryder Cup. Yeah, can't argue that. And he's third in the points on uh, the Live Tour, so he hasn't won a lot of events, but he's a top ten machine. Yep, there's no doubt about that. He's a gamer. Yeah, he's a little quirky, as we all know, but is a gamer. And uh, you know, sometimes maybe a little unpleasantness not the worst thing for a locker room either. Right? It can maybe be motivating. I I don't know, but. Uh, JT would definitely be the, I think, safer choice, right, in the sense that the, the rest of the locker room would, would probably get along a little bit easier with JT over maybe a Patrick Reed. And you got to consider those kinds of things, right, Coach? Yeah, oh, yeah. It's kind of how the whole unit's going to work together, for sure. Well, hey, we are we are so pumped for you. We can't wait to watch uh, what, what you're able to accomplish at OU. Thank you for taking time out for us this morning, Coach. And don't be a stranger. We'll talk again soon. Will do. Thanks for having me on, guys. Appreciate it. There you go, Coach Ryan Rayner, new uh, assistant men's golf coach at Oklahoma. One of the nicest guys you'll ever meet. Yeah, he's he's as good as it gets, no doubt about it. And uh, and and I might add, he is a, an incredible golfer still, not just in <laughs> his college days. Indeed, indeed, and he'll do a terrific job. Uh, absolutely. You with, know, what uh, we coach forgot Hibble. to ask him. We're gonna have to ask him next time we have him on. Is who's better golfer, him or Coach Hibble? I mean, Coach Hibble is a stick. Yeah, I mean, come on. Well, and he might defer and say Coach Hibble just <laughs> just, out of, just out of job security, <laughs> right? Yeah, he just joined the staff. You got to say that. Uh, we're doing well, a break. Come back. Let's set up that match, Josh. I, I would love that. That would be tremendous. Put that on Sooner Sports <laughs> TV, baby. That's right. Taking a timeout. The Gibby Zone rolls on next, right here on the Ref. A couple minutes before the top of the hour. Big thank you to. Oklahoma men's golf assistant coach Ryan Rayner for sliding into the broadcast airwaves with us. Josh Elmer alongside Brian Vineyard. Victor Hovland went uh, absolutely bonkers last week in the final round of the BMW championship. And instead of me telling you that, well, how about we just let uh, the folks that uh, hosted the Sunday winners press conference, well, basically tell you everything I just said. All right. We'd like to welcome our champion 2023 BMW championship winner, Victor Hovland, congratulations, Victor, on a remarkable victory. That final round was pretty impressive. I'll just run through a couple of things first before we get a comment from you, but 61 in the final round. It's the low round by a winner this season on tour. It's also the uh, lowest final round in the FedEx Cup playoffs history. It's your career low round. Uh, the 28 on the back nine is your career low nine hole scores. Um, it's your fifth win on tour and your second this season following the Memorial. It's quite a resume. 
That was it. <laughs> That's uh, how you feeling right now after that dramatic finish. Yeah, that was cool. Um, I didn't, I didn't think too much about uh, all those things. I just kind of kept on focusing shot, shot for shot, and got closer to Fitzy and and Scotty, and and uh, just kept pouring it on, and and uh, now we're here. So it's uh, yeah, haven't had a lot of time to to process it, to be honest. Well, you also win 2,000 FedEx Cup points and move to number two in the standings going into East Lake. So, obviously, that was a big goal to get as high as you can before heading into that tournament. Um, just uh... We might as well just have that guy come do the radio show with us, don't you think? Oh, yeah. No, he's great. Um, you, I just felt like watching that final round, I watched the whole thing last weekend, you felt like he was making every putt. You know, he had a lot of 10 to 20 footers for birdies, but you felt like he was going to make every putt. He, he was so confident over them. It's like he's not missing. And, of course, he didn't. Yeah, he, uh, man, he had a sensational, sensational uh, final round at the BMW. Historic, uh, all of the items that were laid out right there. And I guess the question for me is, what, what does all of this mean for Victor Hovland, who's been uh, kind of right there, right? Aggregate score in the majors outside of a, a McElroy or a Scheffler or whoever the last several years, and especially this one, he's kind of been knock, knock, knocking on the door. Is, uh, I mean, is this the first signal that, yeah, next year he's going to go win one? You know, I don't, I don't think that that tournament and that round is any type of signal. I think it just all it does is reaffirm what, what most have said is that he clearly is one of the five best players in the world. But that doesn't always translate to winning a major, right? I mean, he has been on the doorstep and seemingly had difficulty on Sundays. And, you know, whereas Rory has typically been the other way around, is he had difficulty in one of the first two rounds. Thursday, both, Friday. Yeah, Thursday, Friday. And it closes, you know, with a bang. It's kind of been the opposite. I mean, Sundays have been a bit of a struggle for, for Victor Hovland. Well, Count me in the camp that, you know, for somebody like him that, what, that's his fifth uh, career win, that it's significant in route to maybe a major championship just because he just hadn't won a bunch. So, you know, whereas, you know, McElroy and some of these other guys have been around longer and have won a little bit more, maybe it's not as important. You do have to learn how to win. And uh, he, he found a way to do that last week. And he's right back in the thick of things this week, but uh, Morikawa, he's the big story so far. We'll share you what's, uh, well, get you updated on what's going on at the Tour Championship next right here. It's the Gimme Zone on The Ref. Hour number two, it's the Gimme Zone right here on The Ref. Josh Elmer alongside Brian Vineyard. Let me tell you how this hour is going to work. We've got a lot to dissect from the Tour Championship where Victor Hovland left off, he's uh, sort of picking right back up. What about Colin Morikawa? What uh, what do his opening rounds mean here for the, well, the Ryder Cup and for this Tour Championship? And uh, how much does the Tour Championship matter just in the, the world of golf? And then, of course, the, the Ryder Cup captain's picks. What's actually going to happen there? And then one final piece I wanted to discuss is... What have we learned in the world of golf? What are the best moments? What what have we learned uh, this year in the world of golf? Which, oh, by the way, you can dial us up. We got time for you, 405-329-9000. That's the Riverwind Casino jackpot line or the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. It's all yours, 405-651-3439, if you've got thoughts on, on any of that. But 
what uh, Victor Hovland was doing last week, well, uh, at the end of the week anyways, Colin Morikawa decided, I'm just going to go ahead and start this week doing just that. And anyways, here was Colin Morikawa yesterday with the media after another good round. Um... And by the way, I should probably set this up a little bit better. He was asked, this is the best you've felt since. Um, uh, I don't know, 21. Okay. I mean, it felt pretty good. You know, I like to think it felt good at certain places, and, I, and the results don't show it. Um, but look, I mean, uh, we were still we were searching Tuesday afternoon. Ryan and I had a few putters out. I had a few different things doing. Um, sometimes it takes that. I mean, I, I was going to treat... Monday through Wednesday this week just as a kind of relaxing get into it game felt good enough to play well and um, I went down this rabbit hole of just kind of I hit one bad shot in the practice round tried to figure it out was out on the range two more hours Um, but the game does feel really good mentally I feel really good Um, like I said yesterday like JJ told me end of Sunday last week is just to enjoy it you know it's hard to get here it really is Um, but at the same time I'm trying to win this tournament so I you know I know how to balance those things. It's it's always it's obviously nice to be in the in the you know final group heading into a weekend. So it's uh, it's things that I enjoy for sure. So was that miss hit in the practice round a blessing in disguise because it led to the discovery that's led to this? Um, play? Yeah, for sure. I mean, sometimes you know just being out there when you don't realize that you're out there for that long of a period, but you find one thing that you hope works. I mean, I've done that for the past two years, hoping that we're going to find that one thing that clicks. And right now. It, I'm going to stick with it. You know, why not? So there you go. A little from Colin Morikawa, who uh, decided, you know what? I'm just going to go, go ahead and shoot the uh, best uh, two opening rounds ever from East Lake and past Tiger Woods in that regard. We've seen some bits and pieces of really, really good from Colin Morikawa this season. The, the first glimpse of which comes to mind from the Rocket Mortgage Classic that, remember, Ricky won in a playoff over Colin Morikawa. And I'm, I can't remember who the third party was in that playoff, but uh, at any rate, Colin Morikawa, uh, great so far in this uh, in this tour championship, and obviously he, he got here to Eastlake. He was on the fringe, not a, not a locked-in top six for the U.S. I'm going to go ahead and say these first two rounds, I don't think there's any more discussion. Colin Morikawa will be one of the six captain's picks for the Ryder Cup. You're spot on, Josh. I think he was going to be one anyway. But barring some sort of injury or anything, he's definitely in. I mean, I think he's figured out his putter, at least for this week. That's kind of been the one thing that's held him back a little bit because he is widely regarded as the best or one of the best iron players on tour. And my uh, sincere apologies to Adam Hadwin, who was the, uh, the other party in that Rocket Mortgage Classic playoff. Well, sometimes he's forgettable, right? I, indeed. I, I apologize, though, Adam. How could I forget? The uh, the rest of the captain's picks, the, the big storyline will be, will there be a live golfer at all in these captain's picks? And the obvious choice would be, well, I don't know, Brooks Kepka, who went and won a major championship this season. And uh, as we played the cut earlier, here was Scotty Scheffler, who entered this week, of course, atop the FedEx Cup standings. And uh, he had this to say when asked about Brooks Kepka. Wait for it. Patience is a virtue, everyone. Scotty Scheffler on Brooks Kepka. Scotty, Zach has made it clear that the automatic qualifiers for the Ryder Cup would have a say in who the captain's picks would be. There's been a lot of talk about Brooks, who slipped to seven. What are your thoughts about him being a pick and being on that team? 
Brooks? Yeah. Um, I mean, <laughs> I looked at the points list the other night. He was about 300 or is it, I think it was he was 30 points shy, which is I think it was the equivalent of like $30,000 throughout the year. Um, so 29. 29. Yeah. So if he played one tournament on tour, I think he probably would have been on the team. So, Brooks Kapka, let's just get it out of the way. Is he going to be on this team or not? No. Should he be? Heck yes. I think I think they're my personal opinion, especially after talking to some folks that are more in the know than me. I think they're they're going to shun all of them. And I guess I could update everyone out there. So last week, as the BMW Championship closed, what did that mean? Well, it meant that the top six got locked in for both the United States and the European teams. Uh, Rory McIlroy, John Rahm, Robert McIntyre, Victor Hovland, Terrell Hatton, Tommy Fleetwood. Top six locked in for the Europeans. There's uh, several names. We both said Straka, Fitzpatrick seem like slam dunks on the bubble for the European side. And then uh, we'll see who the other captain's picks are there. But, of course, you, I, most of us here stateside, we're more interested right in the United States end of the equation for the Ryder Cup. Top six locked in looks like this. Scotty Scheffler, Wyndham Clark, Brian Harmon, Patrick Cantlay, Max Homa, Xander Shopley. So those six, hey, they're going. They're, they're locked in. The first four out, Brooks Kepka, who we, we noted slid out. We thought that was a possibility, and honestly, we thought it was probable last week. It comes to fruition. Jordan Spieth, Cameron Young, Colin Morikawa. Those would be the, the first four on the outside looking in. Kepka, you say no. Well, I think we got to look at this two ways, Josh. we got to look at it is what we think they're going to be picked versus what we – would pick ourselves. So let's do that because I think Brooks Kepka should be on the team, but I don't think I'll give you, I'll give you my six that I think Zach Johnson's going to pick. Okay. I think he's definitely picking Jordan Spieth. Slam dunk. I think he's picking Colin Morikawa. I think he's picking Cam Young. I think he's picking Ricky Fowler. I think he's picking JT. And I think his moral dilemma is going to come down to do I pick Bruce Kepka or Keegan Bradley? Now, I know I would definitely take Kepka over Keegan Bradley. I do not trust Keegan Bradley. And I'd be happy to see Keegan Bradley on this team just because he's had a good year and, you know, he's a likable guy, but I'm with you. I mean, he would not be my captain's pick. No. I'm I'm taking, as we discussed earlier – Arguably the the third greatest golfer this century in terms of majors. Well, not arguable. Uh, I mean, no, is. I mean, John Whitson pointed that out. He is. I mean, you can't dispute it if you're talking about major wins. So that's the six that I think are going to be picked, and I think he takes Keegan Bradley. And I agree with Coach Rayner. I think he's going to take Ricky Fowler and JT. JT has a great record. And just for clubhouse guys, I just and, and he's buddies with Zach, so I don't see him getting left off, even though he should. Now. Let's look at my six, if I'm choosing. I'm choosing Brooks Kepka. I'm choosing Colin Morikawa. I'm choosing Jordan Spieth. So that's my three that are just slam dunks. I'm choosing Taylor Gooch. I'm choosing Bryson DeChambeau. And the final pick, you know who it is, Patty Reed. He is, <laughs> I love it. He's a killer. 
the uh, live tour well represented. Well, and I think they should be. I mean, I'm just talking. Look at Patrick Reed's record in the majors this year. You know, that would be the one knock that they could throw out against Taylor Gooch is his record in the majors was not stellar this year. He didn't play as well as he would have liked. But it's hard to argue that when you win three tournaments against all those other guys that maybe played better in in the majors. We had uh, the – we didn't deep dive it, but we mentioned it last week. Given the choice between Patrick Reed or Justin Thomas – I, like you, would like Patrick Reed because, A, like Justin Thomas, he's got a terrific Ryder Cup record, okay? He's been great in these international events for the United States, whether it's Ryder Cup, President's Cup. He's good in this format. He thrives on it. He loves getting to be a part of the United States team. So whether or not he's buddy-buddy with everybody on the roster, he plays well in these events. And sometimes a little uneasiness – is is honestly not the worst thing. I think for some of these teams, it kind of draws the team together in some weird way. At times, it, it has that effect. It's, I didn't think I'm going to like this guy, and you know what? I actually like Patrick Reed more than I thought I was going to like Patrick Reed in this team setting. We've seen that play out in the past. So you've got that. And then B, he's just played better than Justin Thomas this year. It's not even close, really, Josh. You know, since the, the PGA at Southern Hills – where Justin Thomas, you know, you might say he backed into the win. I think he kind of took – he did his part to go out and take it, and then, of course, we know, you know, Mito did his part in throwing up on it. Yes, so, he did. So it was a combined effort. But, you know, JT did what he needed to do to get himself in position to win. Outside of that, it's tough. I mean, it's hard to argue. I mean, he is shooting a million in a lot of these events. It's not even close. Sam Burns, we haven't mentioned that name. He could definitely be picked. If they, you know, that's the other one that if, if they snub Kepka, they might take Burns over Keegan Bradley. He's higher up on the uh, Ryder Cup points list. I mean, he just, you know, I just think that some of the guys that, that are automatically in don't have the experience. And so does the captain have to say, mm, I better get some seasoned veterans on here, too. Not necessarily who the 12 highest point skaters are. Yeah, I mean, you you are littered with inexperienced guys when you think about Scheffler, Clark, Harmon, Cantlay, Homa, Shoffley. That's not Tiger Woods, Phil Mickelson from uh, years past. Freddie Couples, yeah. I mean, this is not, not a bunch of guys that have done this thing a bunch. You know – I agree with you in Scotty's case, but I'm going to exclude him from that list because of what he's accomplished, right? Wyndham Clark, Brian Harmon, Max Homa, we don't know how they're going to do under the the pressure of that setting. We saw what Max Homa did under the pressure of playing on his home course for the U.S. Open, right? Yeah, Los Angeles Country Club, it did not go well. Did not go well. Miscut, right? Sure. And, and (laughs) look, there's no debate for him. He's in, so... Uh, you, you know you're dealing with that, and does that influence the direction you go with uh, some of these other picks? It could, and probably to some degree should. Well, historically it has, Josh. If you look back historically, yeah, you know, there have been seasoned veterans picked as captain's picks, and that's the reason they do captain's picks is because, you know, sometimes these, these more veteran players don't play as many events, and sometimes, you know, their game is just better in that setting. You get them in that match play setting 
playing for their country. It just brings the best out of them, right? It does. It does. This is an interesting situation for Zach Johnson to be in because it's unprecedented in the world of golf to to have this divide with the PGA Tour, the Live Tour, and, oh, by the way, the Ryder Cup captain's picks will always be contentious. They'll always be heated. If it goes poorly, they're always going to be dissected, discussed, and if you're Zach Johnson and you make the wrong pick, there will be a lot of uh, egg thrown toward face. Well, and I think, Josh, you're, you're right on that. I think part of the bigger picture that we have to examine is that Look at the European side. They're in the same boat, right? Sure. There's going to be a lot of new faces because they're not taking any of the live guys. Right? That's correct. They've already stated that. Is that a mistake? Should should Sergio be on the roster for the Europeans? One of the best match play players of all time. Yes. Sergio should. And like we discussed with, say, a Patrick Reed and maybe even you know more so for Sergio – being a part of the European team to him, I mean, he loves it. Well, go one step further. Ian Poulter, how many big moments has that guy had in Ryder Cups? And to not have either of those two. Seemingly an American killer, right? The dude just slays Americans when, when in, the, in that format. Just And he's taken down some, I mean, some of the best. The, the one thing the European side has in that regard is neither of those two are anywhere close the level of play that they've demonstrated to any of the United States names we're talking about in terms of the lift. I mean, you got Kepka won a major championship and nearly won each of the first two. He kind of coughed up the Masters to yep. John Rahm. So, I mean, we're talking about Kepka could have won each of the first two majors, okay? Bryson DeChambeau literally just shot in the 50s not uh, a month ago. Oh, it was exhibition, though. <laughs> I, well, some would say I played that. that course. There's no exhibition on that course. That's a hard golf course. Patrick Reed, again, major championships. He, he was in the thick of things throughout the course of this season. Had a great year. Uh, Taylor Gooch won three times on the Live Tour. So there's better arguments to be made on the U.S. side in terms of Live Golfers than I think the European side Live Golfers. I agree, you know, unless you're looking at historical Ryder Cup performance. You know, that's where the Europeans, you know, have to look long and hard. I don't think they're going to. I think they've already said that it's, it's, that it's not going to happen. And, and the live guys kind of accept that. But, but I think that hurts their team and helps the American team. Because I don't think anybody right now says, yeah, I want Sergio. I mean, that guy has been awesome in the Ryder Cup. Sure he has. I think I think Kepka will be on the Ryder Cup team. I hope you're right, Josh. I really do. I think he deserves it. Because I think Scotty pointed it out very clearly. Had he just played one event, I mean, you make one cut, right? He could have played any, you know, low-tier tournament had he been eligible, make the cut, you know, he's got enough to be in the top six automatic. In fact, it took great weekend surge from Xander Shoffley to pass him. If, yeah, I mean, that's the thing people aren't talking enough about is Xander Shoffley played great on Saturday and Sunday last week to, to overtake him. To, to just barely. He had to barely, finish top eight. He had to finish top eight to overtake him. To just barely slip past him. Yeah. If, uh, and this you know, probably would have been difficult to be the case uh, when you win a major championship, but if Kepka was, say, like 10-11 in the Ryder Cup uh, point standings, 
okay, well then I think it's an easy, easy argument for Zach Johnson to say, ah, uh, he doesn't really fit the team and there's a lot of baggage there and this, that, and the other. But the fact that he's this close, just on the outside looking in, I think on majors only, right on <laughs> right. majors only in one event. And yes, he would have been in the top six locked into this thing. I just think there's such an easy reverse argument for Zach Johnson to make for any of the detractors, even those that hate the live golfers as much as you possibly could. They can look at it fairly objectively and say, yeah, he probably needs to be on this U.S. Ryder Cup team. Well, look at the list, Josh. Let's just say that we change the rules and there's no automatic qualifiers and there's 12 captain's picks. Well, clearly Scotty Scheffler is going to be on that team. Right. Isn't Brooks Kepka your second choice? I mean, let's just assume that there's all caps picks and the, and there's no live PGA Tour debate, right? No no fight there. Brooks Kepka's your second pick. It's it's a it's a slam dunk, right? If we're doing just a fantasy American golfers yes, draft right yes. now. Absolutely. I mean And some might pick him first. Well, because he's got the experience, right? Now, Scheffler again. He's Scotty Scheffler. I mean, that's all you got to say, right? <laughs> right. I mean, he's been the best golfer in the world, so I'm taking Scheffler first just because the form that he's shown over the course of several seasons. But you're not going to be called the craziest guy in the room if you take Kepka under that scenario. But I, I hear what you're saying. Yeah, I mean, second, second guy taken. I mean, I don't even – who would you make the argument for instead of him, number two? Well, I'm not taking Cantley number two, that's for sure. I am not a fan of slow play, and he just wears me out. Um you know, gosh. I mean, I don't, I don't know that there's a good argument for anybody else. Maybe Jordan Spieth, just because of his track record. And if, if JT had played good this year, he would probably be that next name. But he's had a horrible season. Yeah. And he can't, and seemingly can't figure it out, you know. Morikawa, you Based know. Based on recent play, yeah. Well, and, you know, again, if he didn't go through the woods for two years, might have been that, that next name. But those guys like Morikawa and Justin Thomas – we're talking about a couple of well this year for Justin Thomas, but a couple of years since Morikawa last won an event, and so there's just I don't know I mean there's a bunch of good good American golfers, but Scheffler, Kepka, and then sort of everybody else. Yeah. Well, let's do this, Josh. Let's hit a break, and we come back. Let's talk about how just the six automatic picks on each team measure up against each other okay let's do that it's the gimme zone right here on the ref talking a little Ryder cup with you it's uh hour number two rolling on next right here on the ref right after this what's the matter with the clothes i'm wearing can't you tell that your tie's too wide back with you it's the gimme zone right here on the ref josh elmer alongside brian vineyard so this is uh again production programming note for you sooner football is one week away and uh, unfortunately for us on the Gimme Zone side, that means that, hey, this is the, the final week of our regularly scheduled programming. Who knows? Maybe we'll have a Ryder Cup uh, React show either live or to a podcast near you. But uh, this is the final final half hour for us uh, in 2023. Oh, so are, we're not doing a show next week because we're out of business? We're just doing <laughs> it because we're going to give way to the biggest thing in Oklahoma, which is Oklahoma football, right? That's correct, yeah. Oh, well, that's weird. Not going out of business. So weird. Yes, contrary to, uh, I don't know, uh, a radio show host in, uh, well, in this market on a different station might lead you to leave, or several. 
Or several. Hey, or sales staff. And so we'll be, yeah, exactly. You know, I, I, here's my advice to people. Quit making yourself look stupid by saying things that aren't true. Promote your own goods, right? Yeah, just promote yourself. You're making yourself look silly. Everybody do your own thing. And as uh, my man Travis Kelsey would say, know your role and shut your mouth. I love that. Hey, speaking of, 7 a.m. next week is when we'll be on the air for our pregame. Yeah, it's going to be fun. And football is here. But. We we get a half hour with you. We get one half hour with you. And again, we'll probably, you know, podcast here and there to keep the gimme zone rolling along, but just wanted to update everyone in case uh, next week and you're like, wait a second. Chances are uh, many of our audience will be just fine with sooner football coverage. I got you. But just for everybody out there. So uh we teased it before the break. The six on six here. United States locked in six versus Europe's locked in six. Okay, here's what it looks like. For the United States, it is Scotty Scheffler, Wyndham Clark, Brian Harmon, Patrick Cantlay, Max Homa, Xander Shoffley. So there's your six. Scheffler, Clark, Harmon, Cantlay, Homa, Shoffley. What about for Europe? It's uh, Rory McIlroy. It's John Rahm. It's Robert McIntyre. It's Victor Hovland. It's Terrell Hatton. It's Tommy Fleetwood. McIlroy, Rahm, McIntyre, Hovland, Hatton, Fleetwood. So the 6v6 here, I've got some takeaways. What do you say? Well, I would say I've got to give, you know, and let's assume Rory's healthy, right? Because I think he will be fine by the time Ryder Cup comes around. Yeah, he's playing up uh, the idea that he's got some issues with his back right now. Yeah, but I'm sure after taking a couple of weeks off, he'll be fine. Um, Here's what I'll say. They're really good at the top. Much more experienced, much more proven, I think. You know, Sands, maybe Robert McIntyre. I mean, Victor Hovland playing, I would, it's hard to argue he's not the best in the world right now. If he wins this week, which, you know, he'll have that chance over the next couple of days, he's tied for the lead at the Tour Championship with Colin Morikawa. I mean, he might be, we might be talking about him coming in off back to back wins. Yeah. And as much as we've ridiculed Rory, I mean, Overall, he's probably played as good as anybody in the world the whole season, right? Sure. He he and Scheffler. I mean, and they've separated themselves. So They just Sheff- haven't won one of the big events. So let's say Scheffler and Rory are a wash, right? They're a push. We're going to say they're on equal footing, right? Sure. That's fair. So let's just take two on two. Who's our number two? Europe. Who are you taking? Europe or America? Well, I, obviously, I'm taking Europe because it's John Rahm. Right. And I'm, I'm taking and, Europe's number three as well because it's Victor Hovland. And yeah. I'm taking Europe's number four, I think, too, because it's uh, Tommy Fleetwood. Yeah. I don't care what the ratings say. Those are the four best, right? I don't yes. care how you rank them. And, and I think our, our top six are I, – I could argue I would pick you know, Xander Shoffley as a better player than some of the ones ahead of him. But, hey, that, in my opinion, is why I tease this is – this makes the captain's picks even more important because I think at the top, they have an advantage. So we better pick the best available players to fill out the American squad so we can retain the Ryder Cup. Is that why you take a gamble on Justin Thomas playing playing well for one week at the Ryder Cup? Why would you gamble when you got other known commodities that are playing well? Well, and I'm just saying you do take Kepka. Absolutely. You can't not take him. If, you, if you're saying, 
I got to choose the best golfers to take my team to retain the cup. You have to take Kepka. Well, I mean, when we phrase it like this or look at it through this lens, I, I do think one through four right now in terms of what's locked in, Europe to me has a decided advantage, no doubt, over the U.S. in terms of what's going over. Now, Patrick Cantlay, he might be a multiple majors winner before it's all said and done, and at times he looks like one of the best golfers in the world. I, absolutely, right? Max Homa has had largely a terrific season. Wyndham Clark won a major championship. Brian Harmon won a major championship. Brian Harmon feels like the, okay, one-off special week. It's a great story. It's awesome. I'm happy for him that he won. But I don't feel about Brian Harmon the way that I do about McElroy, Rom, Hovland, or Fleetwood. Well, yeah. I mean, just let's just say you paired Brian Harmon against Tommy Fleetwood. What do you think the betting odds? Who's going to be the favorite, right? Yeah, it's going to be Fleetwood. It's going to be Fleetwood, right? I mean, sure. It has to be. So, and that's why I look at it. Is if you just create some pairings, what would the betting odds be? You know, because those guys that set those – well, they do that for a living, and they're pretty good, right? Yeah, and, and McElroy and Rom, by the way, both might be favored over everybody. Not, I mean, Scheffler included, uh, maybe. Agreed. And uh, probably they wouldn't, right? Probably Scheffler would get the slight edge or it'd be even with McElroy and Rom. But uh, McElroy and Rom are favored against everybody else. Well, well, just take Victor Hovland, right? Which one of the top six would you feel good saying, I feel like we can pair him against him, against Hovland, and win the match? Scheffler's the only one I would say that. Right. And, and Shoffley, you got a chance. I think it's a coin flip. Shoffley, you got a chance. But uh, right now, yeah, I'm feeling like Victor's going to go win that thing just the way that he's playing. So I- I'm with you. With that in mind, to me, that, again, tilts it. And lends itself to where if you're Zach Johnson, you you cannot leave Kepka in the clubhouse. You have to take Kepka. He's proven goods. He's won five major championships. He just won one this season. He's played uh, largely very, very good across a number of events uh, on the Live Tour. So just over the course of the year, the major championship, he is one PGA Tour event away from having qualified top six automatically. So basically just by playing the major championships, he's in the top seven for the United States. You can't leave him at home. It would be a massive error. Yes, it would only be out of spite, right? That would The only way that you could leave him off is out of spite. Now, you could argue some of these other guys versus, you know, Taylor Gooch versus Patty Reed versus DeChambeau. You could give me a valid argument for any of the other guys that might be captain's choices over them. You could give me a valid argument for that. But you cannot give me a valid argument for leaving Brooks Kepka off. Kepka, Young, and Morikawa, I would say for me, are non-negotiables. They have to be captain's picks. Well, I think Jordan Spieth is too, right? Probably. I mean. Has played well. Uh, so basically what we're saying is, for you, non-negotiable, is we're taking the top ten. Because I think the top ten is pretty much, you know, separated themselves. Agreed. And then I could make uh, a decent argument for Bradley, Burns, Fowler. I'm probably taking Fowler myself just because I think that uh, he's had – a resurgent season where he's won and oh by the way he's familiar in, in this kind of event and he's well liked by his teammates but uh you know I could understand arguments for the other couple of names there 
Justin Thomas. I th- I think I'm taking Justin Thomas. I think I've – You've I, talked yourself into it. Yeah, I think I have. Well, I'm not taking him, but he will be on the team from what I'm hearing and what I believe to be true. So, I think that's uh, it's a moot point for our argument. But Europe's certainly going to take Matthew Fitzpatrick as one of their captain's picks. That's a no-brainer. It would be – yeah, I, I mean – there's a 0% chance he's not on the team. But I do think if you look, Sands, Fitzpatrick, their other five options, I feel like we have a, have a, a decided advantage in that bottom five. I mean, the American squad should have a decided advantage. Once you get into the captain's picks? Yes. Yeah, I think so, too, because outside of, outside of Straka and Fitzpatrick – in terms of that captain's picks range for the European side, it's kind of, eh, I don't know. I don't know who I'm in love with. And Straka, I put almost in the same vein as Brian Harmon or or Max Homa. Agreed. I'm not. Well, I I, I like Homa a lot more than I like Straka. Yeah, I'm not trusting those guys. You know, I mean, he's a good player and has played really well, but I'm not hanging my hat on him to go win this for my country. No, if a singles match comes down to him, you're, you're shaking. Yeah, I mean, you're like hoping he's he's got a game today or else you're losing. Do we know much at all about this course? Well, I wish I did. I, I literally was 12 miles from there when I was I knew in you Italy. Were. But we had a full slate planned of which I did not get input. So, I understand. You know how I'm that aware. works. Yeah, I'm, I'm learning. Happy wife, happy life. That's right. Say. Yeah, you're not going to the golf course. Did not go to the golf course. <laughs> I tried one day, and yeah, that didn't happen. It, it didn't happen. It didn't take. I wanted it, nothing else just to go drive it so I'd be familiar with it. So when we do our show, you know, after the ride sure. up or before or both, and, we, you know, we could have a great – you know, firsthand knowledge, but it just didn't work out. It didn't. It didn't. Uh, didn't happen that way. Well, uh, it, it is interesting, and the the captain's picks. I mean, I, yeah, I would definitely say it's more important on the United States side than uh, maybe the European side, just because I think that top six is uh, is really really good for Europe. the The Tour Championship. What do we expect the rest of the way? Let's discuss that, and then I just wanted to do a. Full, hey, here's the year-end review of golf. So let's do that before we get out of here. It's the Gimme Zone. Josh Elmer alongside Brian Vineyard right here on The Ref. Well, well, well. We've got one final couple of rounds to determine a tour champion and really to uh, take us out of the, the regular season and into uh, obviously a full Ryder Cup mode. Victor Hovland, Colin Morikawa, in case you've missed it, tied atop the board. And remember, this is the staggered strokes starting system. So Morikawa did not start in the same place as Victor Hovland, as Scheffler, as a lot of these names toward the top of the board. Same with Keegan Bradley. Uh, Those guys went out and they had to shoot some Pretty incredible rounds, Morikawa and Bradley, to get toward the top of this board. But, hey, they've done so. And uh, with the staggered stroke start, it's Morikawa tied atop with Victor Hovland. Rounds of 61 and 64, the best ever two-round start at East Lake for Morikawa. 
in uh, in golf history. So he's atop the board with Victor Hovland. Scheffler lurking has has you know played well yesterday, but uh, got off to a, a not great start with a one over seventy one in round one. But he's still two strokes behind, fourteen under. Keegan Bradley three shots uh, off the lead, and uh, before we just talk who's going to win this thing, Keegan Bradley if he if he wins this tour championship. Is he going to be a captain's pick? Has to be, right? Has to be. If he wins it, he's got to be a pick. And, you know, I think Colin Morcar has already done enough to be on the team, right? I think, yes, he's locked it up. I think we both agree on that. And I don't know know that Keegan Bradley locks it in for me if he wins this week. Well, not for me personally, but I do think that probably for, for the captain, Mr. Johnson, I think that probably would be enough. I, man, I just, I can't get, I, I can't get behind him. I'm just – he's not a bad guy. I heard he's a great guy, you know, and, and I heard him talking about his family getting there. And, I, you know, I can appreciate all those things. Did you hear the story about he's still got the Ryder Cup bag and luggage from 2012 or 13? Well, it's a big deal to be on the team, right? It is sure. a big, big deal. And that is a whole nother reason you can't snub Kepka. It is – it's just not the right thing to do. We're going to find out – if El Capitan and his co-captains, what what level of class they have on this. I think this is going to show us a lot. And uh, maybe on the future of golf. But who do you who do you like to win this thing this weekend? I mean, are you sticking to Victor Hovland, red hot to end last week? Colin Morikawa, red hot to begin this week. And then, of course, you've got Scheffler. And let's see, not too far down the board, you've got John Rahm at 12 under par. McElroy has not played great, but uh, because of the way this thing starts out, he's uh, three under for this tour championship. But, hey, he's 10 under and only six strokes off. So there's a bunch of ways this thing could go. Well, Josh, my assessment is this. I don't think anybody that's not 12 under or better right now can win this tournament. Because of the firepower of the guys ahead of them, right? So top five, you got a chance. Yeah, Outside and, and, of that, if no. If Rory was healthy, I would include him in that, but he's not. He's clearly not. I mean, his, he is swinging. His back is bothering him. He's His swing doesn't look good. I mean, you can tell it's not his normal swing. Um, you know, And he doesn't seem to be someone that mentally would handle that great. No, and I think he's gutting it out just so that he doesn't have to face the criticism from W. Dean. I do think that that the reality is it it appears that his back's in really bad shape this week, and sometimes that can just be a muscular deal that that just needs some rest. And you know, you almost wonder whether it'd be a better idea for him to just tap out. But I don't think it's going to happen. You know, for me, Josh, I as great as Colin Morikawa has played the first two rounds, I I I don't know. I I still am lending myself to either Victor Hovland or Scotty Scheffler. I mean, it's a coin toss, but. I'm going to go with the hot hand, Victor Hovland. I I want to say that John Rahm still has a really good chance at this thing, and I think he does, depending upon what happens today. I mean, only being four shots off, and oh, by the way, he's only two shots off of where Scheffler's at. I, I don't think it's Bradley or Shoffley. I don't think uh, either one of those two is getting it done. And I'm kind of like you. I, I just – I don't think Morikawa's winning either. So – I'm going to stick with Scheffler just because he's a little bit closer than Rom. Just to have a pick different than me. I like it. we got to have a different pick, right? We well, can't look like we've already, you know, lined this up before we get on the air. I like that. Well, and I think, you know, he gets the breath of fresh air from just the way this thing is set up to where 
you know, he he got himself righted a little bit yesterday, but he played very, very poorly on Thursday to start this. But it doesn't matter. He, he's right there within striking distance to go win this thing. And honestly, for this to end the way that in years past with, with the McElroy or others it has to where, okay, you didn't go cash in on a major championship, but really in a lot of metrics, Scotty Scheffler has been the best golfer in the world this season. And I think that shows itself in these next two rounds. Well, like we've discussed, his A-game is better than anybody else's A-game, right? So if you take A-game Hovland, A-game, uh, you, you know, uh, Scotty, A-game Keegan Bradley, A-game Xander Shoffley, hey, everybody's probably picking Scotty Scheffler's A-game, you know? And part of that A-game for him is how's that flat stick going to work this weekend? He's if, if he putts better like he did yesterday, I like his chances. I mean, I think he could shoot a couple of 65s coming in. It wouldn't be the worst thing uh, Ryder Cup side either. I mean, you'd kind of like Scotty Scheffler to be coming in feeling good. Yeah, you want him in form, right? Because he's kind of the horse that you're riding. He is he is the Tiger Woods of, of previous Ryder Cups, right? The guy that you said, hey, I've got to have you get a W in singles match. And I need you to win the majority of your matches. And you're going to be playing, if not every time out, you're going to be every time out but one. He's, right? he's got that expectation on him in this Ryder Cup, yes, that he's going to have to go deliver. Yeah, he's the bullseye, right? That's the guy that the Europeans think they got to take down to win, and he's the guy that the Americans look at as that is, that is our Seattle slew, right? He's got to be the surefire thing. You, you know, I thought you picked great bumper music coming in because it was so perfect for our KRefSports.tv guys. We had a plethora of great games oh, this week. I mean – how about that? I know you didn't have a game last night, but with the heat, they had to move the games back, mm-hmm. and so all of our guys were out extra late. Like I think Perry and Connor didn't get back till two o'clock in the morning from oh the Bixby gosh. game. So shout out to those guys for doing great work. Those games, most of them are still up on KRSports.tv, so if you didn't catch them, hey, you can go watch it. And we had a big upset, right? Man. And it wasn't Bixby, by the way. Bixby just rolled again. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, it wasn't close to being Bixby. Uh, Santa Fe uh, taking down Jinx uh, one on the road. Nine, one and nine Santa Fe last year, right? Crazy, crazy. Just blocked, shows uh, you, man. Blocked that, that kick. Yep, those kids are locked in. Uh, we saw the interview our guys did with the coach afterwards. He's fired up. So, <laughs> hey, it, it – it, Outside of Bixby, it may be a toss-up. Bixby looks like they just reloaded again. I know. I, I don't know who's going to beat them. They look so good right now. They look like Alabama in the in the high school version, right? No doubt. And uh, we've got so much football and softball, volleyball, you name it, a bunch of sports, basketball, obviously, once we get there. 17,000, Josh, viewed 17-plus thousand viewed the Bixby game. That's crazy. I mean, that's unbelievable. Wow. And that's with, you know, a packed house at, at Chapman Stadium there at University of Tulsa. Battle of the Burbs. Battle of the Burbs. And we're just getting started on the high school side. Uh, quick thoughts from us on the way out the door. What what have we learned this season in golf? We'll share it with you next right here on The Ref. Right here at the finish line, it's the Gimme Zone. One final time, we're back with you. I've got Scheffler. You've got our man, Victor Hoblin, taking the Tour Championship. We'll see how it plays out. What about this, just this year in general? We got two minutes before we say adios to everybody. What is a broad, wide-ranging question? In many different ways you can take it. What have we learned this year in golf? We've learned the PGA Tour is broke. And I think we've learned that Victor Hovland is going to be a force to be reckoned with from this point forward. What are yours? 
I could go on, but I want to hear. I want to hear yours. John Rom, I think, is a generational talent. We've learned that, and uh, I think that will continue to remain that way. Kepka, one of the best golfers of the last quarter century. I think we've learned that, and I think we've learned golf is full of surprises. Wyndham Clark, we'll see what his career, uh, you know, what shape it ultimately takes. Brian Harmon, I think we got a pretty good idea that that's a Gary Woodland type major champion or, or toss your name out in that variety, which is awesome, right? I love that about golf, but I don't think uh, when it's all said and done, we're looking back at those as generational major champions, but that's part of the beauty of golf. You know what else we learned? Rory didn't win a major this year. That's probably the biggest one, right? I mean, it's one of them. Yeah, we've talked about that probably more than we should, but, you know, for a guy that's played that well, but, it, you know, he measures himself against championships, right? And he should. He should. And, uh, you know, the media is going to hold him to that. Hey, that's it for us. It, it, what a fun spring. Uh, Brian enjoyed getting to do the show with you again. Yeah, likewise, Josh. And I am so fired up for Ryder Cup. Selection is Tuesday. That's right. We so we may have to throw a little podcast together. We should. We've got that little studio back there to use. But, hey, that's it for us. Uh, football, it's here in the Sooner State next weekend. Everybody, uh, so long. Have a wonderful weekend.